This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is a Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight K's for the Cardinal Hurts. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And Happy New Year. Welcome into another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne. With you, Ben Boyd is our executive producer, Mike Anderson, our producer engineer tonight in studio. And it's a pleasure to welcome Derek Gould in studio with us for the 7 o'clock hour. Derek, Mike, how are you guys? What's going on? Happy pre-winter warm-up week. That's a thing now. I, you know what it yeah, is now? I mean, you, it's not on your cardinal calendar. <laughs> We're going to have a... Uh, it's a, not a, wait a minute. It's not on your cardinal calendar? It's like, it's a, kids, it's like the kids at Black Wednesday the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. We have pre-winter warm-up. No, week. no, absolutely. It's Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. There you go. Eve. That's it. <laughs> it's the advent calendar of winter warm-up. It's great. We all get a chocolate leading up. <laughs> <laughs> One a day. We'll open them up every every night this week. <laughs> yep. Or some, you know, don't get the chocolates, do the chain. You, yeah. You break the chain. We we had a little bunny that we moved toward, uh, from spot to spot. Derek, it's great to have you here. I know that um, there has been a lot going on. Oh, it's going to gonna be that kind of show tonight. But, all right. But also not a lot. Going on, which I'm sure might make you. Which is all your fault, by the way. I just thought we'd be uh, done by yeah. now. Uh, but we've got so much so to get baseball. to. <laughs> we've got so much to get to over the next couple of hours. Excited to have you here. Uh, if people have text questions, we can just extend your weekly post dispatch chats by inviting people to text us. This would be the eve of the chat, so that'd be perfect. It is the chat eve. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Text us at three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Derek in studio. All this 7 o'clock hour, 8 o'clock hour, Tim McCarver, Luke Voigt, Adam Wainwright. Uh, so we've got a lot to get to. Let's take our first break. We'll come back. An hour with Derek in studio. We talk about what the Cardinals have done, what might be to come, and what's going on around Major League Baseball here on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the Opening Day pack, Cubs pack, Bobblehead pack, T-shirt pack, and more. Packs start at just $48. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. We're back with Derek next on the Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. Derek Gould joins us in studio for this 7 o'clock hour. Derek Appreciate it, man. Uh, is this offseason different from others? And as you uh, write for the Post-Dispatch that folks can read in the newspaper online at stltoday.com, I know fans are griping that things haven't happened and there are still players out there. But does that make your job even more complicated because of what you're tracking down on a day-to-day basis and storylines and developments that haven't necessarily resolved to this point? Well, if I'm honest, um, n- no. Uh it's been a weird winter for a lot of reasons. One, how slow it's been for sure. Um, all the action, especially for the Cardinals, was kind of isolated around you know the days leading up to the winter meetings, and then at the winter meetings there was there wasn't a team that was as busy. So you kind of had 
the Stanton stuff all in the week leading up, and then you had the fallout from Stanton, and then you had the moves. And since, I've actually been able to, for the first time, yeah, for the first time, I mean, really take time off. That's great. You know? Yeah, I had a, I had a lovely uh, holiday. I, I was able to sneak away for a little bit, um, spend more time with... Uh, with my son than it's I had. It's kind of a nice a thing. They all time. kind of shut down during that Christmas week. Yeah, too. that's become a thing too, um, which didn't used to exist. Baseball has kind of had this wink, wink, nudge, nudge between the teams and the agents that they go. Very quite. nice Monty Python reference. Thank there. you. Thanks. <laughs> um, that uh, you know that they just have this quiet period, which baseball never had before. Selig didn't want it. Um, other sports have, as you know, Mike, right. Other sports actually have dead periods mm-hmm. where they're not allowed transactions. Um, or, you know, they all pack free agency in the first few days to get it over with. But um, baseball has always wanted to have 365 headlines, um, but it's become this thing where on the holidays it kind of slows down. Um, this has taken it to an extreme. I appreciate it because I got that many more days, you know, to, to catch my breath and gear up for spring training and the whole season ahead. Um, and what could be, let's be honest, a rather frantic and – busy and important i mean it's going to be an important season but also i mean if this team does not perform well it it's, could be a season of change in a lot of ways too so um i got to catch my breath and it apparently the market didn't move while i was gone <laughs> I, you know I, I kind of did my own official polling of people in the game and from what i got back most people seem to think that this the general managers are smarter about not running out giving up these six- and seven-year deals, uh, they've got the money. But I think it's been unofficially proven that these seven-year deals don't necessarily work for the team. So maybe they're just trying to squeeze this thing into a certain time period and maybe somebody will blink, perhaps, uh, where you won't get the long-term deal. Yeah. And in some cases, maybe that works for the player. But I just think they want to pump the brakes a little bit from what I gather and not getting involved in allowing Scott Boris to truly drive the bus. Well, I think that I think you hit on two things that we've seen in the market and are reasons for it to be as delayed as it has. One is teams are far more willing to go higher annual average value, AAV, so higher salaries on shorter-term mm-hmm. deals. I mean, look, you look at Nicasio, you look at uh, what um, – I mean, just a whole group of them um, – you know, some of them have been bonkers with the annual average. Well, Wade Davis, Wade Davis is, is, is a the, guy, is yeah. a big example um, there, you know, where they're getting big. Chatwood is another example where they get big annual average value, but the shorter-term deals. And, and those are the types of deals that the Cardinals like to make. And now as the market has caught up where, you know, the Cardinals used to be one of 10 teams who viewed players that way, then they were one of 20, then they were one of 28, and now it's one of 30. You know, I mean, all the teams all see things the same way. They're all valuing players the same way. And so, yes, there is that preference to pay more on a shorter-term deal because shorter-term deals are better. There's that old axiom, there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. Um, If you can get that, great. But now it's become a three-year deal, four-year deal. The other part is Boris. Um, Boris represents a huge cross-section of players. And not just free agents. I mean, there's, what, 12 guys out there, maybe 12, 18 guys, somewhere along those lines of guys still out there, free agents still out there represented by Boris. And then he's got 12 or 18 arbitration guys, which is the focus this week. So I think it's 18 arbitration, 12 free agents. 
And when you look at how Scott usually does the season, he, though the off season, he slow plays and he has an order to things and he asks his clients to buy in. And sometimes it means that Kyle Loesch doesn't sign until March 15th. And sometimes it means that um, Matt Holiday doesn't sign until January 9th. And sometimes it means that a guy who wants to go back to the Cubs ends up with the Washington Nationals. Um, <laughs> but it takes time. And so what you're seeing is exactly what you're talking about, is teams willing to wait to get the price that they want on the term that they want, and Boris willing to wait because he's always willing to wait. And that's why we have this... You know, deadly embrace of a of a winter meet, of a of a winter off season. Was, was Holiday the last long tenured contract that actually that worked? worked? Mutually beneficial. What's your view of Jason Worth, Steele? I take Holiday over what oh, Worth. Oh, I, I mean that's yeah. yeah. Well, that's is, a it, given. is that he was he wasn't healthy for a yeah, lot of that deal. Yeah, he was hurt a lot of that deal. He was, but he still had what five pretty the good first seasons. few years of that deal. He was especially from like a wins above replacement standard was an excellent player, but I still think that the amount of time, and again, maybe you can't take it against a player for injuries, but Matt Holiday was on the field for what? 95% of that deal. And and, and he had the one year where he was just riddled with, with one injury. injury, And he tried to come back really quick from the hamstring and then went back on because that happened. And it was what three years ago because that happened against the White Sox. Um, you know, when you, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with I you. I guess worth though, they, they made the playoffs and he was what they expected for the first three or four years of that deal though, right? Right. That's what I mean. I think, I think there were five MVP plus, votes. there were five plus years of the seven that were really good. Uh, Holiday had seven years that were really good. I think those are the two long-term deals that, uh, you know, Holiday's was better because Holiday's a better player and Worth's was more expensive. Um, but you know, I think those are the two deals that people can go, wait a minute, those actually worked out. You know, those those were the long-term ones that worked. I guess the last three years of worth are what would leave a sour taste. And so the last often, year and a half, especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Derek Gould is with us. It's Cardinals Countdown on opening day. Cardinals make a move. They add an outfielder. I want to talk to you when we come back about the pursuit of Stanton and the pivot to Marcelo Zuna and what we saw transpire While you're down reporting at the winter meetings, we will do that in a moment. The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up will be this Saturday, January 13th through Monday, January 15th. Purchase winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Derek Gould with us in the 7 o'clock hour. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Ravey, Mike Claiborne with you, and we're back after this in the Cardinals Radio Network. Hanging out with Derek Gould in studio in this 7 o'clock hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Ravey and Mike Claiborne with you. You can text us at 436 7900 Derek I'm, I'm wondering as you covered the pursuit of John Carlos Stanton and really going back to last summer covered the Cardinals talks with the Miami Marlins yeah I guess really going back to even before Stanton signed that extension the Cardinals well, yeah you go back to 14 of John yeah. Carlos Stanton were you surprised or can you compare anything to the way the Cardinals not only lost out but publicly lost out on Stanton then were able to pivot and acquire another star player and a player that some people argue because of multiple factors may end up being more valuable to them than Stanton would have been. Well, that's hard to, yeah. I, I mean, I understand probably where you're coming from with that because you're talking about like bang for the buck, but at some point in time, 
you know, baseball should just be concerned with the bang and, you know, not the Bucks. And Stanton would have been a transformative player. Well, but Bucks also in what you give up. Yeah, yeah. Takes takes talent to get that kind of talent. I mean, you're talking about a kind of player the Cardinals haven't had here um, since 11, really. I mean, a face of the franchise is going to be around for a while. Um, a reigning MVP. Often do you see the reigning MVP move. So, I mean, I think he would have been a transformative player. So it's hard to kind of compare any other player to him. Um, but you could kind of see how this was at least playing out from a – maybe strategic perspective in the sense that the Cardinals knew that any of the three Marlins outfielders were going to help their team. Um, and that in some ways you had to respond to the Marlins order of operation and the Marlins preference in which they were going to move guys. But it was pretty clear early on that they were going to move multiple players two two of the three, maybe all three. And the Cardinals always felt like a conversation with the Marlins about one outfielder, was a head start on a conversation about the other outfielders, and it, and eventually, they knew and they right and they they were viewed this way in the industry, and they knew in the front office that they had the best offer to make. Um, you know, it just was a matter of which outfielder would it fit with the Marlins and their their willingness. You know, I, I you know I think all things being equal, I wonder how they would have prioritized it if they had their pick as opposed to the Marlins having the pick of which guy they moved. And, you know, there's a lot of appeal for Yelich. There's a lot of, you know, his contract, his upside, left-handed bat, positions he plays. Um, but like you said, Chris, the, the, the value of the contract and the sheer just thump that a guy could bring, Ozuna is very appealing too. So they, they kind of recognize, you can kind of see that strategy tease out, you know, um, starting in the summer and then going into the winter that – they were going to spend a lot of time camped in front of Derek Jeter's door, if necessary, to find a way to make a deal. Have you ever seen a team like the Cardinals this year who have so many assets available that they can be involved in multiple deals during the winter winter break that we saw where we heard their name mentioned four, five, six different teams, yeah. and they had multiple players they could have used in any of those deals, and Absolutely. they still have. A, a sizable number of guys that interest other teams. Yeah, I I can't think off the top of my head of there there hasn't been a time when the Cardinals have been better positioned mm-hmm. in the time that I've covered them as far as talent on hand, depth to move that talent and payroll space. These two that that perfect storm or whatever we're calling it bomb cyclone of <laughs> assets as I've never seen it. Um, I've never heard bomb cyclone until last week either. So well, that works. I just, I just, I'm trying to Keep stay away hip, from us. Mike. You know, I'm trying to use the latest <laughs> You're such a trendsetter. Terms. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm reaching for metaphors. Um, whatever, whatever it is that uh, you know, a nor'easter of assets available. That I've never seen anything like it. And I will add this asterisk. I've also not expected a team that had as much assets and as much ability to answer its questions going into a winter to now be on the eve of spring training and still, still have questions. Yeah. That, to me, is fascinating. Um, you know, the Cardinals ha- have not raised their payroll. They have not. They still have payroll space. They still have outfield depth, which they wanted to trade. They still have appealing pitchers, young pitchers, that other teams want. And yet 
here we are, what, less than a month, well, about a month away from spring training, and they don't have the closer that they said they wanted to go out and get. They could add another bat. They will look at starters, but they just, just still have uncertainty. And it seems like, you know what, this is a winter you could have left with certainty. Why are you inviting it? So I, I, that makes me think that there's still moves ahead for them. They make the Luke Gregerson acquisition, Miles Michaelis yeah. as well. But one thing about Ozuna was that, again, you weren't committing to 10 years and $300 million in Stanton. Does it surprise you that even if it would have been outside of their modus operandi, they didn't perhaps spend for a Nicasio or even for a Wade Davis because of what they were saving in not acquiring Stanton? On those two guys, no. Um, you know, Nicasio. And, and I get that he's man, not he a got, closer. And, well, and I he think got he could be. He got a lot of money. He got we, a lot of money. And, and we were sitting in there when he got that money. Yeah, that <laughs> money. We were like, wait, what? Ooh, um, what did he get, eight and a half a year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 17 for two years? Significant or? amount of money. Um, for a for, non-closer. For a non-closer, which makes you think that, like, they think he's going to be. And, I mean, and the, you look at the numbers and you're like, well, maybe he's a sneaky closer. You know, and and I wrote a blog today for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website, stltoday.com, cheap plug, if you will, um, that uh, that talked about Nothing that. Nothing like, cheap about it. You get the bill for it. Oh, well, Don't worry I, about okay, it. Okay, that's cool. I noticed I was getting a parking ticket. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, it's bigger than that. <laughs> it's a survey. <laughs> Touche. That's well done. Uh, that's well done. Um, just no, just looking at, like, how can you identify a sneaky closer, like a, a guy who could be a closer if given an opportunity, a, a closer by, um, you know, circumstance, if not by a couple of weeks. Yeah. And Nicasio is one of those guys, you know, low whip, high strikeout rate, velocity. You know, you, you follow those numbers, you tend to find guys who, unless they have some kind of phobia in the ninth inning, are going to do well. And there's still guys out there like that. Addison Reed is like that. You know, Anthony Swarzak was like that before. Well, he signed with the Mets now. But you can see why Nicasio could command the salary that he did. And also why, after playing footsie with the Cardinals, it was like, well, I'll try free agency. You know, because if you can't guarantee I'm going to be the closer, then at least I can go get some more money out there. Let me, uh, one of the things about the game, and we're going through a transition in a number of different areas, but closer has become so prominent where I, I think teams now look to have one and a half, if not two closers. Oh, absolutely. Where they've got to make sure, because the way teams use their bullpens now, the era of the of the specialist, mm-hmm. the one outs, the Randy Choke sort of a guy, yeah. that's over. But you need two guys with closing experience because we've seen a lot of guys. Hey, we can get him to get three outs. He doesn't. He doesn't do it on a regular basis. We we know he can do it. It's but like he a closer can. and an understudy. That's, that's exactly. You, yeah. I, I mean, you have the marquee bullpen guy, and then you have an understudy. That's that's that. Those are the best bullpens that have the guy who is you know the the headliner. The guy who is and and may only be the headliner for a year or two or three, you know the the lifespan of a closer not named Craig Kimbrell is pretty volatile. Um, that's why the guys who do it and do it every year are really special. But because of that churn, you do need the headliner and the yeah. understudy. Derek Ove from the Post Dispatch is with us. Quick break, and we'll be back with more. We'll talk about some of the guys that are still out there. Before that, the 2018 Cardinals official calendar spotlights, a signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to your favorite Cardinals birthdays. On sale now throughout Metro St. Louis. 
including Bush Stadium Team Store, Cardinals Clubhouse Shops and Area Grocers, or call 345-9000. Call her five right now at 314-531-1120. We'll win a Cardinals calendar. More with Derek from the Post-Dispatch next on the Cardinals Radio Network. Derek Gould in studio with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the Opening Day Pack, Cubs Pack, Bobblehead Pack, T-Shirt Pack, and more. Packs start at just $48. Get yours now at cardinals.com. Slash packs. You can read Derek, of course, in the Post Dispatch and STLToday.com. Derek, what surprises you most about this offseason and the slow churn to this point? Is it the starting pitching market and the amount of guys who not only are not just out there, but it doesn't seem like to this point there's a whole lot of traction on? I think it's more kind of the, I don't know what, what you'd talk about, the, the top shelf of this free agent i mean who who really has signed when you made your list of your top just relievers, available right? free agents uh you know you, you do jd martinez you might do eric hosmer certainly do you darvish you probably would do jake arietta and that Mustakis. yeah Mustakis maybe i guess Car- uh, carlos santana so and carlos wade santana are the two guys, and wade right? davis are the two of your top 10 who have signed um, I find that fascinating. I find that the fact that there are still there is there is a good team of free agents that could f- field if Montreal wanted a team. There you go. You could send Just the free agents to Montreal. They'd be playing for a wild card they, next yeah, week. Yeah, the thirty first team, <laughs> and they'd be all right. You know, it'd be like a what, what's the what's the tournament in hockey that has North America. The All Star Game, Cup, <laughs> the World Cup of Hockey, that changes every other year. Yeah, and it just has the North American team and under twenty one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they should do that. They could do that. All right, Unsigned so free or it would agent be team. the former Blackhawks team that's littered around. They, that's all. Yeah, the, they spread they them all over the, the Mondays after the Philip Roth. <laughs> and all right, let's. We we're through the holidays, and I know Cardinal fans come up to you like they do Chris and myself. What are they going to do next? Perfect world scenario, especially with all the assets that they hold on to. What's the best route for the Cardinals to go to address the most pertinent needs on this ball club? Free agent. At this so point, so who would you who would you be your free agents that would be attractive that would fill the bill? I mean, unless there's some hidden reason why a guy like Addison Reed, if you sign him, would change the look of this team. He's your closer. Yeah, he okay. would be the closer, or he, yeah, he'd be the closer, and then you'd have the guy that we find as a understudy, or mm-hmm. that's who we would call. Right? Okay, um, you know, I think that would change the team. You know, if you know the the, the addition of a bat is l- just better from a trade perspective. You know, find a see if you can't do it now see how the season plays out and maybe Donaldson becomes available maybe like a guy like uh like an Alex Cast um not Alex Cast but Castellanos with uh, the Tigers yeah, Nick, Castellanos. Nick Castellanos um Alex Castellanos would be the former cardinal um <laughs> Nick Castellanos you know maybe he becomes available um or maybe you go all right um go glove 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 at shortstop and Paul DeYoung as your third baseman um, you know, you, you could do that, and, and there's time to look at that at spring training. There's time to do that during a season, um, you know, as guys kind of shake loose. Um, you don't get the pick if it's like a Donaldson then. If you make that deal during the season, you're not going to get the comp if he goes elsewhere. 
But, you know, maybe then you just go, well, then that changes what you're willing to offer. Um, and then you cross your fingers, maybe he sticks around. Can you go into this season expecting to play Jed Jerko at third base every day? Or No, I don't think you do. I think you go into this season it, Does thinking, that mean Carpenter is moving yeah, around and then you're absolutely. playing a couple of other guys at first? And Martinez is at first. Martinez um, and Voigt if he makes the team. Or right. I mean. Well, they want to get Martinez, you know, playing time. Um, Chairman Bildewitt. Uh, Junior told Hummel that he was very intrigued and the team was very intrigued about what Martinez did with all that playing time late in the season and that there's definitely an interest in having some sort of best matchup available when it comes to choosing between Jerko, Wong, and Martinez. My, My question, though, is, and I know the coaching staff has turned over, but it takes a dramatic shift in the way this club has run day to day to have that kind of day in and day out churn within the lineup because it's not something that we've seen. It, it would be a dramatic departure from the way Mike Matheny has constructed his lineups, wouldn't it be? I mean, how is that? This is this is the question. I and, think. and I'm and not saying it can't happen. I'm, no, it's just, just also with the it. bullpen. I mean, right now, tell me where the you know Mike has talked about the recipe that he Mike Matheny has talked about the recipe that he has for the late innings. Okay, what is that right now? Well, I was going to go one step further. Part of that recipe, I'd like to know the Adam Wainwright ingredient. Where Where is his role? Well, a lot of that will depend on... Spring training? Well, yeah, you won't know. You know, you guys are having Adam on here in the second hour. and you know, I asked him if he wants to talk about a contract during the spring. Yeah. He said, don't want to talk about it right now, but... You have to imagine that he's thinking about his future, right? Like, well, I, and, and how he fits in. I mean, I, just uh, from from a sideline perspective, he also wants to get in a game, yeah, right, and and show what he's got. I mean, you know what what he throws in the six pack or what he throws to opposing hitters will tell the Cardinals about where he yeah. is health wise, but what role he has and where he is competitive wise. I mean, I think all parties and, and Adam included want to get in that game and want to see that 92-93 in the game. You know, one of the things I think is going to be a challenge this year, are you going to have enough innings for everybody in spring training? Because I thought last year, I didn't think this pitching staff was ready to pitch in the big leagues when the season started because I didn't think some guys got enough work. You've got a lot of question marks in your pitching situation going into spring training. And you can have a guy in a B game if you want, but I don't know if oh, facing yeah. a bunch of minor leaguers is going to prove anything. Well, I mean, if it's Brett Cecil, go out there and work, or if it's Matt yeah. Bowman, go out but there. But you and got throw some a guys that you got to find yeah. out about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got guys who are out of options, mm-hmm. like Tui Valala, who you need. I mean, he's got a role in this bullpen. But it, but it, it Sokolovich it, last year, which is probably why Ryan Sheriff didn't make the team, right? Out of spring, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think you have what you what you have is like kind of this splicing of of topics that we've discussed. And you know, Chris brings up a great um, you know description of the lineup. It's it's not been one where we've seen uh, a lot of you know matchup and switching and everything like that. There's been a preference to have this is the lineup, and and any sort of changes have been foisted upon them. Um, not always strategic, and yet now you have one. And we, well, I guess we have seen this a little bit where you had a bench that was that way, that was more kind of uh, matchup shifty and, and, and very versatile based. And, and Mozilla came out of that, that was a couple of years ago, and said maybe we we're too versatile 
and not quite, you know, had defined roles as a result. And you do still have that again now here, but you also have it in the bullpen, but you also have it in the rotation. And that that's what also that's what makes it so fascinating is like if you want to simplify things with certainty, they haven't. And they entered this winter with every asset at their disposal to do that. And that that's what makes me think is like if we see it that way, maybe maybe I'm I mean, I don't, I don't get the sense that you guys disagree. I mean, you know, if we see it that way, then they certainly see it that way. And if they see it that way, then they certainly got to see the next few weeks and the way this market has waited for everybody to wake up. It's like, it's like baseball keeps hitting the snooze button on the market. You know, eventually you have to get up for work. And spring training is when you have to get up for work. And if the Cardinals see this, this, this roster and go, gosh, there's, there's a lot of good pieces here. But there's not a lot of answers here, a lot of certain, not a lot of certainty here. Then you figure they got to address it. I I don't think that you know if they go into the roster with what they have today, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing your guys' view of this. I'm not sure I've seen a team with a wider spectrum of outcomes. Yeah, I mean, I, you know their floor and their ceiling is a wider gap. Well, but I think it starts on the back end. If you don't have a closer... I think it starts with the rotation. Well, that that's true because you got to have those guys get to the closer. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of balls in the air right now. And around baseball, you mentioned Kyle Loesch. You don't have the, you know, caution flag, the green-white checkered, to use an NASCAR expression, of the first round or end of the first round qualifying offer pick attached anymore. With the new CBA. Right. So it's, it's a little interesting that hasn't developed. We'll switch gears a little bit when we come back. We want to talk about the 60th annual Baseball Writers Dinner. It's going to happen on Sunday night uh, with Derek. After this, it's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is with us. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you as well, hanging out until 9 o'clock. We're back. One more segment with Derek next from the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Make your plans set south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at 1-800-892-7687 or cardinals.com slash vacations. One more segment in studio with Derek Gould on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. The 60th Annual Baseball Writers' Dinner is at Union Station Hotel this Sunday. Make sure you go and get your tickets now at stlouisbbwaa.com or call 314-534-1111. You can also go to metrotix.com. Uh, a great event because to commemorate the 60th anniversary, Derek, you guys have named and are going to honor the Cardinals of the decade from the 1950s to the 2010s. And an incredible undertaking, I'm sure, to not just – name these guys, but you've tracked them down. They're going to be at the dinner, and this is going to be an incredible event on Sunday evening. Yeah, a lot of guys uh, coming back um, to kind of mark the six decades, as you mentioned, of the dinner. I mean, Rick Hummel has, has been the champion of that, um, you know, sort of the uh, the the uh, the Hall of Famer, the Grand Commish of, of not just the dinner, but of, uh, of collecting and preserving history uh, in a lot of ways and then giving a chance for everybody to come to a dinner to honor it. So you've got Bob Gibson there, you know, 50th anniversary of his um, mound-changing season. Uh, I said last week it's like Gibson and you've got like Bill Russell, guys that literally changed the rules of sports because of how good they were. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, that, that would be an interesting kind of list to make. Like of We threw guys. that around last week. What do we have? Russell, Gibson. Bob, I had Bob Hayes for football because he he what about he, like uh, Dent, yeah, Richard Dent, yeah, 
would I mean uh, maybe Gretzky just the way the game was played and and the way that you protected guys offensively it's, yeah but it's changed crazy. like rules but right? I think like rule, from changed. a rule standpoint well, Gibson, Gibson with the mound that year what was it like thirty four starts twenty three complete games eighteen shutouts yeah it's, it's incredible yeah um yeah you know it's probably four guys when you look at sports they change the rules. Either from a dimension standpoint or how the game yeah, is right. now played, <laughs> you know, physical, the, the physical. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. I mean, the because the, the size of the paint or the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you like Bob Hayes. I mean, you know, the college hash marks allowed him when the NFL had to spread the hash marks. He had the whole side of the field to himself, so there was yeah. nobody that could cover him, man on man. Who well, you would know the answer to this, and I am embarrassed that I don't. Why did the three-point line go back in the NBA? Because too many guys are making the but shot. Was it was it was too many guys? Not one. Well, no, they they, they kind of they didn't want to be be hand in hand with the ABA. They didn't want to take too many things oh, from the okay. ABA. Okay, got it, got it, so got it, they kind of let it let it die down. And then they brought it back. Okay, and that's because I knew it was. Because the college, three, the college three yeah, point. the college three point was just too and then they easy. moved it back and yeah. then they moved it back to the college right at one point in time yeah and but now said, it's nope, back yeah this is just too back. it was a layup for a lot of these guys yeah. this dinner though is is so cool the guys that you're gonna have you mentioned Bob Gibson Red Chainings Tim McCarver Mike Shannon I mean you can go on and on and on to recently with Edmonds and Eckstein and McGuire and Larusa Carpenter Wainwright and it's such a cool dinner because of the way it's preserved from year to year when a lot of these dinners just don't exist anymore, Derek. Yeah, there there aren't many. You know, and there used to be uh, a proliferation around them. You know, almost every chapter had one. Now some of them have lunches. And some of them are tied with the local Hall of Fame. Um, really, the two prominent ones that remain as they were decades ago is New York, where you know all of the award winners go and are funneled there um, for a black tie event. And... You know, and then St. Louis, and the amount of people that we get to attend the dinner here dwarfs New York. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's a tremendous. The support we get for this event is tremendous, and what that allows us to do is uh, is something that that is both personal, but also something that we're all proud of. Um, you know, with the money that we raise from this dinner, we fund scholarships. We we pay. We're the only. Um, chapter in the baseball writers, and I think the only writers chapter of any sport that funds an internship. We pay an internship. And just to give you some perspective on that is one of our Hummel interns. It's named for Hummel because we, we were able to found it and work with the University of Missouri and get the funding for it from this dinner um, when when Rick went into the Hall of Fame. So it was tied to honor his induction into the writers wing of the Hall of Fame. But one of our Hummel interns is Ben Fredrickson, who is now hired by the paper as a columnist at our paper and so is a success story from this dinner. And if you go back to the Paleolithic days, I received um, <laughs> one of the scholarships from That's this. when you had to put paper in the typewriter and pound away. You know, you laugh, man. This is when we had, like, you know, scalpels and wax and border tape, and we called agate agate, and people knew what agate was. Um, you know, now you ask, uh, you know, I mean, now you ask, I guess Fredrickson, what agate is, he might say, is that an exit off 70 when you get into Colorado? <laughs> <that a> rock? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, Derek, one thing um, but, before. But we... I got one of the scholarships long awesome. ago. Um, one of the other things about the dinner that I don't want to overlook is the fact that we have this great collection of Cardinals in one room for yeah. one time. 
And there's no guarantee this will ever happen again. Especially this time. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and uh, to oh, get all man. these guys to come back and to be in a rule where people can take a, a good look at them and have all the great memories that came with their careers is something I don't think you can put a price it's on. It's a great way. And, and to hear some of the interactions, I mean, you do get some disarming stories. Um, you know, you get to see one of the things that I always enjoy is you get to see how much the players enjoy the company of other mm-hmm. players, um, especially from different generations. Especially, no, and it, that's exactly right. From different generations, I mean, because you're not going to see that in a clubhouse. You, I mean, you're really only seeing this at the dinner and as they kind of needle each other, especially, you know, as they go back with all the time that they've spent together or. You know, you see the modern players laugh at the stories from the current or from the former players. Or last year, as the uh, the teammates um, scrambled together to throw uh, what was it confetti in Carlos Martinez's face, um, I think we're all real eager to see Tommy Pham's talks. I was going to ask you about that because what a quote he is. Tommy Pham will be honored yeah. as the J.G. Taylor Spinks. I, I hope he does come with the talks. He'll come with something. Yeah. He'll come with plenty, I'm sure. Bob Gibson honored as well, the Red Chain Deanst Medal. Uh, D. Gordon will be in town for the Lou Brock Award. Um, and Adam Wainwright thrilled, I think, that he's one of two silver sluggers that will be in the Cardinals lineup this year. He's not going to let And the silver slugger will that. be there. Yes. The silver sluggers will be there. We, we've been able to get, the, get those awards. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. Again, it's the writer's dinner this Sunday. Go to stlouisbbwaa.com. Or call 534-1111. Read Derek, of course, in the Post-Dispatch at stltoday.com. We appreciate it, man. We will uh, see you in the warm-up this weekend. Looking forward to seeing you there. We're back with Hour 2 of the program next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch, swing and a miss, through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricane. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. A pleasure to be joined by Tim McCarver as we get set for the winter warm-up this weekend. Baseball writers dinner as well, coming up on Sunday evening. Tim, how are you? How's the offseason going? It's going very well, Chris, Mike. Great talking to you because when I talk to you, I know spring training's right around the corner. And, uh, uh, can't wait. I mean, my first spring was uh, at Al Lang Field in St. Petersburg in 1960, and uh, I remember it like it was 60 years ago. <laughs> With that said. And, and I love it. It's one, of, it's one of the great things about baseball, spring training. I love it. With that I said, Tim, what was it like the night before you reported? I mean, were you nervous? Were you excited? I mean, because you were a teenager uh, going into this thing. You were not one of the old Grizzly veterans. So what was it like for you? I was obviously excited. Uh, I didn't know really what to do other than to play the game. I couldn't wait to get in the uniform and and play the game. I had a half a season under my belt when I was 17. I showed up. I was 18 years old and obviously intimidated. The one story I remember about Musial was Musial always had his trunk arrived. Well, nobody else had a trunk. Nobody else had the money to get a trunk. In <laughs> fact, everybody had to have regular luggage. 
And Stan's trunk finally arrived. And I remember uh, he, he put it, he, he carried his spikes in his trunk, not his baseball bag. But he put his spikes on, and the first day he was at spring training. Now, here's the guy. In those days, guys didn't work out during the offseason. I mean, you, you kind of you did some running and stuff like that, but you didn't work out as far as hitting like the, the, the guys who are honed and honed their skills today. So Stan steps in the box. It's his first time he's picked up a bat in, in, uh, in four months. And I was catching batting practice one of the, one of the times in early spring. And Stan takes the first two pitches that were just outside, and he said, no, 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 no. You, if, if, uh, if he throws them there, he's got to give until two strikes now. He said until – so his thinking apparatus was already – I'll never forget that and never forget uh, the, the religious way that he reported at bats, uh, uh, that he recorded at bats in spring training. That's what you call discipline. Oh, boy. Well, that's, he was Stan the man. There you go. Yeah. Tim, tell us uh, a little bit about uh, what it means to come back to an event like the Baseball Writers' Dinner. This is the 60th anniversary uh, they have named and are going to honor the Cardinals of the decade from the 50s to the 2010s. It's Sunday, January 14th. You can go to St. Louis, com. But it's incredible. You're going to be honored with Bob Gibson and Mike Shannon Red Chandin, Stoddard from the 50s, Ted Simmons, Keith Hernandez, Lou Brock from the 70s. I could go on and on, but it's incredible how this dinner has continued to live on and uh, just the amount of guys that are coming back to be honored says a lot about the event, but also about this baseball community in St. Louis. Well, when you think about it, the event has had an awful lot to work with. (laughs) I mean, those teams were phenomenal teams, The, the uh, the two world championship teams, and then being up three games to one, that was tough. It's still tough to, uh, to stomach. I remember a New York writer asked me uh, years ago, he said, uh, uh, when did you stop thinking about that 68 season? I said, I've never really stopped thinking about it. And to this day, I've stopped thinking about it. That's how, that's how tough it was to, uh, to lose, particularly when we had Gibson going in game seven because uh, everybody knew what Bob Bob was as automatic as anybody in those days, and we just couldn't score any runs for him in Game 7. But uh, what a glorious decade. And, you know, I came back to the Cardinals in 73 and 74, had a chance to uh, play with Teddy. I was I was a catcher behind Ted Simmons at the time. And, uh, I mean, what a hitter. He had more line drives in 1963 than any hitter I ever saw, and that's a fact. Some were at guys, you know, some were one-hoppers as a second baseman. I've never seen a guy hit that many line drives in a season. You know, Tim, I want to go back to that 68. Uh, everybody who I've had a chance to talk to about that World Series that played on that team has the same approach that you do. They're still mad. And Mike Shannon, who you know as well as anybody, who's a half-full guy, but if you want to get him riled up, just bring up 68. and It's something that all you guys will carry. But there were so many good things that happened in the regular season in 68, including one Bob Gibson having a season unlike anything else. A season like uh, like anybody else uh, with the 1.12 earn run average, 305 innings. I think it was 278 strikeouts that year. Um, you know, 
the, the unfortunate thing about the World Series that year is there are no do-overs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And believe me, believe me, I've thought about doing over uh, that series just one more time to see how it how it uh, comes out. But I'm sure the Yankees probably thought about that in 1964 when they lost in seven, and the Red Sox in 1967 when they lost in seven. So. It was a it was a turbulent time for great baseball to be played. I think you can make a case from a pitching standpoint, from a regular player standpoint, from a speed speed was coming into the game with Mari Wills and Lou Brock uh, that the '60s was the, the the most glorious decade in baseball history. Now some would disagree with that, but I, I, I stick to that. Tim, you had a pretty good view. Thirty-four games started. 28 complete games, 13 shutouts. That line right there to me is on par with, like, DiMaggio's hit streak. I, we, we will never see anything like that. And the fact that he threw more than 300 innings over those 34 starts, what was it like to be back there every couple of days but also see what Bob did and, and what you guys did in between starts? Well, I, I knew uh, – I, I really didn't know Bob had – uh, had uh, singled out that season as his as his year that he was the king and he he knew it and that he had a an undercurrent of this running through his system until we were playing the Giants in late July and I, I don't know you know Bob lost nine games that year he's twenty two yeah. and nine uh, it's really unbelievable how that happened but. Jim Ray Hart, we were winning five to one against the Giants. Jim Ray Hart ended up with a triple, the right center field with nobody out. So I go out about ten feet in front of home plate and I said, Bob, ball back to you, you're going to first. He said, No, I'm not. I'm coming to you. He's told this story before. I've told this story before. And I said, Bob, come on, man. Why you know, he said, I'm coming to you. So well, there was there wasn't a ball hit back to him and you do that you know, several thousand times during the season going out and reminding a pitcher where to go with the ball. But I knew after that, by the way, Jim Ray Hart didn't score, and we won the game 5-1. to one. Uh, But the, the fact that Bob was aware of it, he did not want anybody to score under any circumstances. I mean, whether he had a, a 6 nothing lead and a guy on third, there was no gimme the guy on third. If the ball comes back to him, He's coming home, and I, I have never dealt with the pitcher uh, uh, at that time prior to then or after that uh, that had that attitude of greatness, and, and he, he, determined, he was determined to do that that year, and I found that out on that sweltering uh, <laughs> late July day when Jim Ray Hart was at third base. Hey, Tim, is that, is that something we overlook about Bob? You know him as a great athlete and a great competitor. Uh, you were a great teammate and a great friend to him. But I don't know if people recognize how smart and what vision Bob may have had when it came to playing the game and, and seeing things that the mere mortals wouldn't even fathom. That's an interesting point, and I think that's a fair point without without glorifying Bob any more than than, <laughs> than we do because of his achievements on the field. I mean, it would uh, just just phenomenal. And it's, what's what's really nice 
to be a friend of his and to have seen him, his growth in everything in every way is to see the, the continuous uh, memory that the people have, that not only the writers, but the people in St. Louis. The, he's glorified, and he should be. He's like Stan the Man. I mean, he's the greatest, uh, greatest cardinal ever next to, next to Stan Musial. And when you can say that, uh, and, and Bob is a wise man, and he's, he's wiser now. And, but he, he always was, and in, in, in this particular year, he was always one step ahead of everybody, including the hitters. Tim, we cannot wait to see you in St. Louis this weekend. I know fans have just uh, loved watching you on Fox Sports Midwest over the last couple of years. What's it been like as you reflect now during the offseason to make the transition back to a regional booth and also to work with Dan McLaughlin? I'm always amazed at, at the way Danny, and he doesn't need anyone to pump his tires, but the way he works with all of you guys, <laughs> it's so seamless the way that all of you guys, you've got such a great team on the television side, and, and it's such a treat to hear all of you, but especially enjoying some of the stories that come out when you and Danny are working together. I had no idea what he would be like. He had no idea what I would be like, and we fell, uh, uh, fell in together uh, after the first week of broadcasting together. He's, he's just He's one of my closest friends. Uh, he's a terrific guy. He works harder than anybody I've ever worked with. Uh, and uh, and I'll stick by that. I've said that in past years. But it's it's not only work; it's it's wise work. And there's a big difference. A lot of guys are busy, but they're busy doing the wrong thing. Dan's not. Uh, and uh, that's why it's just a joy for me to get with him. I'm only doing about around 35 games this year, something like that. And uh, and I love it. And uh, I love being back with the Cardinals. It was natural for me, uh, full circle. But working with Danny Mack and working with our crew, and we got a new producer this year. And uh, so every everything is just going great, and I can't wait for spring training to start. And if it gets slow, you can always call Cepeda up for a couple of innings and sit in. Yeah, we can get Orlando. <laughs> that might have been one. Talked to him about a week ago, as a matter of fact. That might have been one of the most priceless games of the season when he had a chance to sit in with you guys in San Francisco? Well, we could bring him back. I think we're in San Francisco like the middle of July, right before the All-Star break, and uh, we plan on on uh, having him back. He He's a delight to be around. He went to Spain for the first time in his life this year, uh, about two and a half weeks ago. He went to Madrid and uh, and Barcelona, he was telling me, he was telling me all about the trip, and it's just a real good thing. He's one of, uh, he's a, a very close friend, and that's the thing about that '60s lineup and team. We 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 had such respect for each other, and I I bring that up because of Orlando for Bob and Mike Shannon and everybody who was involved uh, on that team. There, it was it, 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 we won, we were good but we respected the heck out of each other. Tim, we can't wait to see you this weekend. Again, the 60th Annual Baseball Writers Dinner at Union Station on Sunday night. Go to stlouisbbwaa.com or call 314-534-1111 for tickets. Tim will be part of the Cardinals of the Decade, named from the 50s to the 2000s. Appreciate the time, man. We'll see you in a couple days. Bye, Chris. See you, Mike. All right, Tim.
Take care. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, t-shirt pack, and more. Packs start at just $48. Get yours now at cardinals.com slash packs. An exciting announcement with Joe Pfeiffer from Cardinals Fantasy Camp next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you and man so many exciting things happening over the next uh, month or so and then all summer and it's a pleasure to welcome joe pfeiffer the director of account services and alumni relations also handles the fantasy camp who joins us on the program joe how are you happy new year happy new year guys it's uh, great to talk to you it's great to talk to you a fantasy camp happening down in florida in a couple of weeks and i know an exciting announcement about something you guys are doing this summer we wanted to break the news here on the cardinals radio network and we'll just turn it over to you for uh, the exciting news yeah, we're excited to break it here, guys. Uh, we are going back to Cooperstown for our second fantasy camp in Cooperstown, New York, uh, home of the National Baseball Hall of Fame with our with our games at Doubleday Field. And it's going to be uh, the weekend of June 21st through the 24th, a, a Thursday through Sunday experience in late June in, in Cooperstown. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about it. Well, Joe, I know you guys have done a number of fantasy camps, uh, certainly the ones in Jupiter, but this one certainly has a special meaning, obviously, because, A, you're at the fa- you're at the Cooperstown, and for a lot of guys, this is the only way they're ever going to get in the Hall of Fame. But more importantly, the fact to play in that situation, in that environment, if you haven't been there, it's really special, isn't it? It's incredible. I mean, for the baseball fan, I, I don't think there's anything like it. I actually, at the end of that camp last year, Brian Jordan came up to me and said, this is this is the best camp experience he had ever had. And it, it's just so unique, uh, you know, the home of baseball. It's, it's like going back 100 years in time and playing a double-day field where there's not even a clubhouse. We literally change at the hotel, and, and we're, you're walking down Main Street in uniform with Ozzie Smith and Brian Jordan. And, uh, I mean, it, it's really funny to watch everyone else in town because they have so many uh, families and kids. Uh, annually in Cooperstown in the, during the summer for their uh, for their youth baseball tournaments and and they're looking around like is that really Brian Jordan is that really Ozzy Smith and they you know they're just shocked by it so it was really a unique experience last year that was received so well by Cardinals fans that um, we're thrilled to bring it back for 2018. Hey, is that really Bruce Souter? Yeah, but who are those other slugs <laughs> walking behind him? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's quite a list of names. I mean. Uh, Ozzy's on the national uh, on the board of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So he and I, we were talking about this a couple years ago, and and uh, and really, it's, it's so exciting to see it actually laid out now. After you know, you have an idea, you wonder if it'll work, and um, it was just a great experience last year. So Ozzy was our only Hall of Famer part of that experience last year, but we're bringing in Bruce Souter and Tim McCarver to join him uh, this year, along with uh, about a dozen and, uh, other Cardinals alumni. 2018 Cooperstown Fantasy Camp at Doubleday Field, June 21st through the 24th. If you want more information or have any questions, just email fantasycamp at cardinals.com. That is fantasycamp at cardinals.com. Phone number is 314-345-9420. And outside of the actual baseball and all of the perks that come with the playing, Joe, what was it like to go to the National Baseball Hall of Fame with Ozzie Smith as your personal tour guide last summer. That's incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. The Hall of Fame laid out the red carpet, and they're going to do the same for us this year. So on the Friday night, 
of the of the camp experience. We will have uh, a private experience for all of the campers and one of their guests in the Hall of Fame theater, and it's an opportunity where they bring out some archives um, that uh, a lot of them that are not obviously not on display. Last year we had the the great opportunity to see David Freeze's bat from Game Six of the 2011 World Series. Uh, we saw a, sp- a spray chart that uh, Whitey Herzog had created on Ryan Sandberg way before people were talking about analytics. And, it was, and, and they'll hear from Ozzie Smith. They'll hear from, hear from Tim McCarver. They'll, they will hear from Bruce Souter uh, that evening. And then we will adjourn into the uh, plaque gallery itself um, for dinner uh, and an opportunity for everybody to have their photos uh, with Ozzie and Bruce at, their, at Ozzie's plaque and at Bruce's plaque. It's, a, it's kind of a magical experience on that evening. Joe, one of the things we need to remind our listeners about, space is limited. This thing goes pretty quick, so uh, you don't want to wait too long. So what's the best suggestion aside from calling you? to Because you have increments on how this thing can be paid for. Yeah, I would jump on it now, Claves, because um, we're – our current campers that come to Jupiter, we have so many current campers that come back year after year. And once uh, once they have the opportunity to buy, which they will uh, starting next week once we get down to Florida, this camp is going to fill up fast. It's all, there's only 48 roster spots and a handful of bench coach spots available. So if you're really interested in this, the opportunity really is now to reach out to us, let us know, put down your deposit. We'll get all the information to you. And, you know, the, the best way really – uh, to reach out to us is to email us at fantasycampatcardinals.com, and we will be quick on the uh, on the response and the follow-up. But it, it will fill up fast, um, considering the, the experience portion of it and the, the level uh, and the names of the alumni that are participating also. It's the 2018 Cooperstown Fantasy Camp at Doubleday Field, on sale now June 21st through the 24th of 2018. Fantasycampatcardinals.com is where you email fantasycamp at cardinals.com. Joe Pfeiffer, we appreciate it, man. We will uh, see you soon. Thanks so much. All right. See you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Follow the Cardinals in style this coming season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. Sign up today and receive two free tickets, all for just $35. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. With Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. Ben Voigt, our executive producer. We're back with Luke Voigt next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, T-shirt pack, and more. Packs start at just $48. Get yours now at cardinals.com slash packs. Get your tickets, head to Bush Stadium, and see Luke Voigt, who joins us now on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Luke, what's going on, man? How are you? It's great to be here. Uh, this winter warm-up should be a good time. See the fans, because, you know, all of us are getting that itch again, and... Um, I'm excited to get things rolling, and, you know, it's a good way to kick it off. What's the off season been like? What have the last couple of months been like, Luke? Well, I got engaged, so that's been great. Um, uh, I bought a house and everything in St. Louis, so I'm, you know, staying here. Um, but it's been great. Uh, been, that's awesome. Been training all, you know, you know, four or five days a week. Um, just started hitting about a month ago and, um, you know, just trying to improve from last year and, you know, working everything that I learned from, you know, players and coaches and, uh, you know, just progress and, you know, Come out swinging at spring trainings. Does anything change in the off season after your time in the big leagues? Obviously, you do more stuff like this, and uh, I'm sure your time is is maybe a little bit more in demand. But does anything routine wise or workout wise change for you as your career progresses and you learn more about 
what this grind is like and, and, and what it takes to do this every day? Oh, for sure. Especially like talking to players throughout the season like Jericho, Greg Garcia, whoever, Pascal, you name them. All those guys have different routines, and you kind of try to talk to them and kind of weave your own routine together, and it's kind of like learning yourself and learning different techniques, whether that's in the weight room, your swing, taking ground balls, whatever. So I try to take like all of that and what I already had in my routine from when I had the minor leagues and stuff and just kind of weave it all together to kind of make what I think will get me to the best point and the best position for me to succeed, you know, in the spring training into 2018 seasons. It's kind of, um, you know, an interesting time for the club in terms of a lot of you guys have come up the last couple of years, have made incredible impacts, and, you know, the team trying to figure out a way to get back to the top of the division and get back to the postseason. With that being said, I'm sure the one place you don't want to go back to is Memphis. You want to stay with the big club. You want to break camp with the big club and and remain with this team. How does that motivate you, and, and what's that like, having that carrot dangling in front of you as we get set to head down to Florida in about a month. Well, like you said, I mean, I feel like that's why they're not doing a lot of stuff is because we have, I mean, we had so many guys that didn't get called up that should have gotten called up or guys that, you know, barely played when they got called up. But our system's been crazy. And I know everyone wants to get that big-name starter, like the big-name closer, like whoever, like the Moustakis or Hosmer or something like that. But, you know, we trust in Mo, what he's kind of going to do. But um, honestly, you can't control it. You know, I hear it all the time on the radio. Everyone's talking about it. It changes every week. You know, we're getting Donaldson and we're getting whatever. I mean, as much as talk about it, you never know. And usually most surprises us all. But um, I mean, that, it must have been a shock for you to see that almost out of nowhere they trade Matt Adams, a guy yeah. who I hit mean, one of the, the most iconic home runs in the last decade. And that's, you know, they said because they wanted to give you an opportunity. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you got to remember, like, even in, like, in the minor leagues, most of my, you know, coaches were like, you're wearing the birds on the bat for a reason. Everyone knows the history behind it and, you know, how creative an organization we are. But you're playing for the 30 other teams, too. And, I mean, they're trying to make your career as long as possible. And, you know, they want you to have success. So, I mean, they're just saying, like, that's how you should represent yourself. You know, do all the right things on and off the field so you have a chance with someone else. Because everyone, if someone doesn't like you, someone else will take a shot on you. You know what I mean? So you always have to play with that chance of, I mean, you never know either. I mean, you honestly don't know. I mean, I could get traded tomorrow. I could you know, play with the Cardinals the rest of my career. I don't know. But um, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the roster, and uh, I want to win a job, you know. I've started my whole career, and I don't think that's, like, bold of me to not say that because that's just me being a competitor, and I want to I want to play, and I want to help the team win and go back to the playoffs and win a World Series. So. You're also a guy that's changed positions. Yeah. How did doing something like that teach you, again, what it takes to – do whatever you need to do to be an asset to the team. Because that's, I mean, I know we hear about that all the time, and whether it's you switching from catcher to first base, playing a little outfield, if it's Carson becoming a catcher, if it's, you know, Carlos Martinez, who is a shortstop, fans hear that, but they don't see what it takes to do something like that. So how did that help impact and, and mold you into the type of player and the kind of work ethic that you have now? Um, I think catching helped me a lot with hitting, just kind of understanding pitchers, kind of how they're attacking you. Because, I mean, you know your weaknesses, but, like, especially up here, I mean, those guys are, you know, always studying video, trying to find whatever's wrong with it, attack your weak zones. Maybe a pitcher who pitches to his strengths will pitch to his strengths, but, I mean, sometimes his strengths are going to outstrength yours, and you got to change it. And um, you got always got to be changing and willing to change something just because you can't get content, or else if you get content, they say you're out of the game. 
um, unless you're like that superstar. But you know, it's 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 hard to get up here and stuff. But um, I don't know. You just sometimes guys get frustrated when they you know have to move positions just because they're so can you know they want to play center field or whatever they want to play right field. But I mean, as long as you're helping the team win and you can work and progress to getting harder than that and just put in some time. I mean, it's not hard. Just prepare yourself every day. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And even if, like, you're a high school kid or, like, a kid that's, you know, 12, 14, and they want to change you to third base or whatever from right. second base, I mean, just be up for it. I mean, they're in your best interest. You know what I mean? They want to help you succeed, so they're going to do whatever. And that makes you more versatile. And so, that you know, if some guy's hurt and you play that position before, then they'll play you there. You know, they'll give you a chance. The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up will be this Saturday, January 13th through Monday, January 15th. Purchase winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Adam Wainwright's in town for winter warm-up this weekend and an event on Friday night. He joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. We are presented by Ameren alongside Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby, Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, helping out tonight on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Big weekend with winter warm-up and more in just a couple of days, and it's a pleasure to be joined by Cardinals starting pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wayno, what's up, man? How's it going? Everything is good. How's the offseason been? What you been up to? I've been working, Chris. I've been uh, been doing CT, physical therapy, or, uh, or working out five times a week, starting to play a little catch, and... Uh, Built a workbench. I've been busy, man. Been busy. Tell us about what's going on on Friday night. You guys did the karaoke thing last year out at David Buster's. It was a great success. Uh, folks showed up. You guys raised a ton of money for all of your initiatives and a big league impact. And you're going to be back on stage uh, belting out the hits again. Yeah, we will be. And we had we had some amazing talent there last year too. And we've had some. People that were in the competition last year already signed back up for this year because they want another crack at it. And uh, the last year we didn't know what to expect, honestly. We, it was our first karaoke event that we ever did for charity. And uh, we were just hoping, you know, 50 people would show up, much less what we ended up having. We ended up having hundreds of people show up. But this year we've already got a couple hundred people sign up. We, we really would like to get to that number to 400 to 500 and just sell it out and just uh, raise tons and tons of money for charity. We'll have some great silent auction items there. Those will go up online here shortly also. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be singing, man. I'll, I'll be up there singing a few times. And people request for me to get up there and sing and make a fool out of myself a couple times of the night. And that's something I'm, I excel at. Self-deprecation is, is okay with me, and I've and, uh, embraced it. If it helps raise money for people who need food and water and shelter, I'll do it all night long. Well, you guys did an incredible job last year. David Busters donates 50% of the ticket sales to Big League Impact St. Louis. You can go to bigleagueimpact.org right now, click on the link. General admission tickets, just 25 bucks, and you could get into the competition or just, you know, have a good time. You could also get VIP tickets and include access to the VIP area with some food and drink. What's going on with Big League Impact? Uh, again, 50% of all the funds are, are going to go to Big League Impact. You guys support Cardinals Care. But what's going on with the foundation, man? Tell us about uh, some of the stuff you're excited about as we turn the calendar to 2018. Yeah, so last year we, we helped Cardinal Care. Uh, but what we what we were really excited about was we helped our uh, through a great foundation called Crisis Aid in St. Louis. We helped the women's ministry there that what they do is they, they harbor – and they nurse back to health women who have been uh, 
involved with sex trafficking. And if you don't know that goes on in the United States, man, guess what? It does. And there's lots of it happening around, and it's one of the saddest things going. And slavery is one of the biggest businesses in the world, unfortunately. And so uh, you know, we're trying to help alleviate that through the work with several organizations. But right there in St. Louis, Crisis Safe, who also partners with us to feed children in Ethiopia, uh, they're doing a great job. They have a great women's shelter, and we're actually going to visit on the way to the event so that I can talk about it even more with the people that at the event. But you know, a lot of this money is going to go to help crisis aid and, and those women who are who are, are really being reintroduced back into uh, a life that hopefully is much, 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 much better than, than the life of, of sex slavery that they were um, that they were involved with before. So we're doing that, and that's uh, it means a lot to us, and uh, we're going to do some really great things in spring and during next year during the season. But right now, this is the one that that we're really leaning on. And we're going to we're also going to pour a lot of funds into uh, Puerto Rico and to uh, some of those areas that were affected by that that terrible storm down there. So uh, we'll, we'll we're going to help some people with this event. And we're going to sing some songs. And we're going to we're going to have some laughs. And who knows what will happen up on that stage? Go to bigleagueimpact.org right now and get your tickets. Hope to see everybody out at David Buster's Friday night uh, before everything kicks off at the warm-up over at Hyatt Regency. You mentioned all the work you're putting in. How are you feeling, man? How are you feeling physically? I feel good. Anytime you have a little procedure done, you don't know how you're gonna, your body's going to react. I've been very blessed to have, uh, to have come back strong from all my stuff so far, and, and I feel the same way this time. So I'm looking forward to the season. What kind of goals do you, do you set? For a year like this, Adam, and you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if if I didn't ask. Going into the last year of your deal, are are you hoping that there are some conversations in spring training and that you guys can can figure out a way to remain a St. Louis Cardinal with a little bit of uncertainty out there for, for the first time in a long time for you in your career? You know what? I'm not even thinking about it. I don't think it's fair to me or the Cardinals. And last year, I learned a great lesson, and I'll talk a little, a little bit about this uh, during the winter warm up because I know this same question is going to come up, but. Um, what I'm doing now is just trying to be present. I'm trying to live in the present and in the now. And last year, uh, at the beginning of the season, I was feeling great, but I was pitching terrible. And I was just thinking, well, you know what? If I'm going to be average this game, I don't want to. I don't want to be average. I want to be great. I know I can still be great, but if I can't be, then then I'd rather la- next year be the last, you know, the last one. So I started thinking that, and then all of a sudden, I started pitching really well. And I had four games in a row where I pitched like 30 innings, 32 innings, and I gave up one run or something. And I thought, you know what? This is more like it. This is fun. I want to do this for a lot more years, and I and I want to do it only in St. Louis. And then, uh, and then I started battling some injuries, and just got got to thinking like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to think about the past anymore. I'm not going to think about the future. I'm going to think about where I'm at right now. I'm going to work my hardest be as good as I can be in that moment, and we'll see what happens. That's that's what I'm going to do. What do you think of the club and, and some of the additions that you guys have made, most notably, I don't know how closely you follow, like the Stanton stuff. It was kind of hard to ignore, but, you know, for the team to go out and add an all-star and, you know, MVP caliber player in, in Marcelo Zuna, to add a Luke Gregerson, to add a Miles Michaelis, uh, I know that uh, the offseason is still continuing but are you excited about the way your team looks right now i am i love getting azuna i think he's one of the best hitters in the national league he was a guy that 
that honestly our pitchers, we, we game planned around him last year in that lineup, especially the first half of the season when uh, Giancarlo hadn't really caught fire yet. But he was one of the best hitters in the National League last year. I think we're just seeing what he, what kind of hitter he can become. His bat path has gotten so much better. It's so long yeah. through the zone. And it's so it's such an easy swing. He's so big and strong. He doesn't have to work real hard to get it to go a long way. So he's going to help us dramatically with that. I mean, there's always a batter out there, right? There's always a position player. There's always a pitcher that can help your team. But he was certainly a great addition for our squad. I've heard he's a great guy in the clubhouse, too. So we, we love getting guys like that. Adam Wainwright, we look forward to seeing you in St. Louis, man. And, and folks, cannot urge you enough to go to bigleagueimpact.org. 25 bucks, you can't beat that, and you get a Dave & Buster's game card. So you're basically just getting to go and hang out and watch the great event. You can compete to try to get in it, enjoy a great night, but more than anything, raise some incredible money for what Adam and Big League Impact are doing. Again, 50% of all the funds are going to Big League Impact St. Louis, the website bigleagueimpact.org. Make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at 1-800-892-7687 or cardinals.com slash vacations. We're back to wrap things up next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. The 2018 Cardinals official calendar spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to your favorite Cardinals birthdays. On sale now throughout Metro St. Louis, including the Bush Stadium Team Store, Cardinals Clubhouse Shops, and Area Grocers, or call 314-345-9000. Plus, caller number 5 right now at 314-531-1120 wins a Cardinals calendar. Thank you to Derek Gould for joining us in studio tonight. Also, Tim McCarver. Luke Voigt, Adam Wainwright, and Joe Pfeiffer. Thank you to my co-host, Mike Claiborne. Our executive producer is Ben Boyd and Mike Anderson, helping us out producing and engineering in our Cardinals Network studios tonight. We'll see you at the winter warm-up and on the Cardinals caravans all this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Chris Raby saying, have a wonderful rest of your evening. We're getting closer and closer to baseball. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, as always, on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.